Greetings only Tans. Today is Sunday, October 16th, and yesterday on a Saturday edition of Tandy Time, I welcomed onto the show Mike Weisberg and Caleb Lesko to talk predictions for the upcoming 2022-2023 season. They also talked about predictions of award winners like Most Valuable Player, Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, etc. We also spoke about NBA Top Shot as on Monday, tomorrow, they will be releasing the beginnings of their upcoming Series 4 roadmap. So we got into a lot of subjects around this, but it was mostly around the upcoming NBA season. Remember that nothing you hear on this show should be considered financial advice. And before we jump into it, I wanted to remind you all that this season is the beginning of the so rare NBA season as well. So, so rare have done soccer and MLB offerings, but they're going to be doing NBA offerings starting on tip off on Tuesday. And if you haven't yet joined so rare NBA, if you join through my link, which you can find on the show notes of this podcast, then you will be showing your support for the stream. And it will also allow you to get a free card when you build your first lineup. So if you have any interest in weekly NBA fantasy and you haven't signed up, you'd be doing me a solid if you sign up through my link. Enough about that, though. Let's jump right into the episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. It's Saturday. It's October 15th. The NFL is not currently on. We're doing this a little differently today, so we don't uh, fight against your NFL programming. And I hope that you're all having a nice time and having a nice Saturday. Hope your weekend is just great, getting off to a nice start. As you know, as you may be aware, today we have a couple special guests. We have Mike Weisberg and we have Caleb. And uh, we are going to talk about the upcoming NBA season. Who is going to be the team that surprises us? Who is going to be the team that lets us down? Who is going to be the MVP or perhaps even the LVP? We're going to cover all these things and more. And we can even talk a little bit of NBA Top Shot. As we know, they told us that the they announced that the announcement is coming on Monday about the upcoming roadmap. So that's nice. And Stan Loves is happy that we're not going against the NFL and he will take a bong rip in honor of my background. Well, thank you, Stan. I appreciate that. Um, so let's just get right into it. We will bring on Mike and Caleb. Let's give them a little intro. Let's see. What should we give them? We will give Mike. Why don't we give Mike a good old Kawhi laugh? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Screw it. I'm going to give Caleb a Kawhi laugh, too. <laughs> <laughs> good start <laughs> you can never have enough Kawhi laugh so how are you two doing thank you for joining me today uh i'm good man uh re- re- ready to jump into the nba season we got a lot of stuff going off on the break got a lot of stuff going on with boards to buckets i know caleb you got a lot of stuff going on as the season's popping off yeah man i'm ready to go cool yeah caleb, how are you 
Crazy busy, crazy busy. As some of you guys know, I do a lot of draft analysis stuff. So just getting ready for the overseas basketball season. Everybody watching Wemby get started. So got so much to write about for that sort of stuff. So been uh, been wild to start the season. And it's just going to get crazier as we go. So you're you're focusing a lot on next year's draft class. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So previously, a few years back, I used to do NBA draft analysis for um, the Underdog Podcast for five and a half years. So just kind of pivoting back into doing some of that stuff while I do the Top Shot and the All Day and all that jazz. And um, this this draft class that's coming up, not to spoil what we're going to chat about, it's it's probably the best draft class of the decade. Like it's going to be insane, at least at the top. Dumb, d- dumb question, Caleb, because I know Shoot. everyone's going to talk about Wembenyama and Scoot. Mm-hmm. What's your? I, I know we're going to talk about the season broadly, but what's your take on the Thompson twins? Because I know they're, they're kind of the, the next up. They're so great. It's going to be really intriguing to see them to play this year because they're playing for overtime elite, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So because we haven't seen a draft pick come from overtime elite, we've only seen undrafted players come. Um, I personally like them both. Uh, they, I believe right now, I haven't put out my first big board of the year, but they're somewhere between the four to six range, the two of them right now. Um, but I, I'm a sucker for some Cam Whitmore. So I think okay. I him at three right now still. So we'll see. But they're both elite athletic talents. They're both great passers. They both have the size and the strength and all that jazz that you want out of, out of wings and guards. So they're both going to be great NBA players eventually. So, yeah. so I don't know much about the upcoming draft class other than when Banyama and Scoot, but we will definitely keep our eyes on your content, Caleb, because it sounds like you are locked in there. Um, so anyway, I thought real quick we could just get some top shot out of the way before we get into our NBA predictions and such, which is going to be some fun. So real quick, roadmap. Is there anything that's happening that you are expecting on this roadmap or that you are fearing from this roadmap? I just want to get some quick reaction. Mike, go ahead. You can start. Um, so it's funny. I This is going to be such a weird season because no one really knows what's going to happen with Top Shot. Before season three, I think there was like, – like, I think we should look at it from 30,000 feet. Because before season three, I think there were a lot of expectations put on what season three was going to be. And they came out with the roadmap with a massive number for comments. And Tristan Ratnick was still the, the GM, the top shot at the time. Um, I know he was named that a lot of people didn't know, but he was still the GM. Um, and they made some, uh, frankly, bad choices for the economy. Um which well, they, they, were, they like. were really they really wanted to lean into trade tickets. Like I don't know if you recall, but there was yeah. that Twitter spaces right before series three took off. And that was when Alan was in that call and they were telling us things like, Yeah, definitely like we're starting our trade ticket stuff. Definitely don't trade in any of your S2 stuff because this S3 stuff we're, we plan on using it almost like a currency of the website. And that was like the idea. And a merch store, like so that you could exchange trade tickets for, for merch or for actual in real life experiences. I think Janie came in mid season was like, this is the wrong direction ultimately. And it's really hurt the product. Um, Whether or not that's right, whether or not that's wrong, they very clearly made specific choices there. Um, Going to a little little three man weave. I like it. Um, Yeah. What do we think about that? I I don't know. It's, it's (laughs) fine. You know, it's it's, 
Yeah, it, it is. It is very first take, actually, Kelly. But I like that. Um, I got to be in the middle. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but you know, to, to your specific question of the roadmap, I, we don't know. We know that they're going to do lower mint counts. We know that there's going to be a focus on burning. We don't really know what sets are going to be prioritized. We know that we're going to get very minimal airdrops. Like, I think there's real concern broadly about the product, and I don't think that's an unfair take. That's not to say that, you know, we're not going to talk about the product that we love. That's not to say that we won't have lots of analysis on the product. But I do think there's difficulties, I think. And, you know, for lack of a better term, as Janie said in your interview uh, with you, Tandy, you know, that there is an element of kind of, and she didn't say this explicitly, but like unfucking the economy and trying to put things back on the road. That That's kind of broadly where I'm thinking about the roadmap. I have no idea what they're going to do on main counts. I have no idea what they're going to do about rares. Um, I trust in the content team, but like, you know, in, in Brandon and Austin, um, that they're going to produce awesome moments. But as far as actual numbers and, and Tandy and Caleb, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I have no idea what they're going to produce for this thing. Yeah, fair. I mean, I think that's how a lot of people are probably feeling right now. Um, and and that's all, that's like this uh, mutually exclusive situation right now with the, the greatness of the moments and the problems of releasing moments. And I feel like we're seeing that also across most NFT projects where like, rewards are more moments <laughs> like you know and and more packs more packs more moments more nfts and i think um a lot of people are, are sort of seeing a sobering reality of what that what that actually means when there's not enough new people that are joining in and putting their hard-earned money behind this stuff so yeah i mean um caleb i'll let you go quick if you got if you got anything to say here yeah i mean it looks like the pivot has kind of become the comparison is become much more real for people to the cardboard collection space lately. Um, personally coming from cardboard originally getting to see that as compared to top shot and all day and all these collectible platforms, basically the transparency is something that has always intrigued me. Part of the issue that we've had a lot of the time with top shot and with dapper products is like a lack of communication, obviously. And so the lack of communication ends up taking some of the value prop away from the product that being said, with something like the roadmap that we're seeing this week, or we're expecting to see, it's Monday, correct? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's gonna be a, well. They're gonna release it on Monday. They they wanted to, to okay. give. They it said they said starting Monday, starting Monday, starting yeah, okay. Monday. So yeah, it, it almost yeah. sounds like it's like a it's like a gradual rollout. Yeah, yeah. They, they give us a mint count on Monday, and then they give us the sets on a Tuesday. I mean, know, like or, or the opposite. Yeah, I don't want to wait an extra day, but. I think that we're going to see a genuine, because like you said, part of the way through series three, Jane obviously came along and like you said, was trying to unfuck the, <laughs> the, um, the ecosystem that we've created. Like that's genuinely what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, she and a lot of the top shot team that has stayed put and it's now with the prod product now gets to start a fresh season on a new slate, understanding that the economy is still screwed up and trying to find the best way to fix that. And I think if I had to guess what that's going to be, it's going to be some really low uh, minted commons is my guess. And mm -hmm. uh, a cut of sets, I would guess we're going to see a lot less common sets and we're going to see a lot less rare sets um, for this upcoming season. But what do you think? Here's, here's a good question, guys. 
Hmm. Sorry to, to take over the combo for a second, but just just a, a thought is is Caleb. Uh, I'm going to give you full screen. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I, I didn't need it for this one. This this is more <laughs> just like a. a I, I wasn't going on like one of my rants here. I, I, like this is just an honest to god question. Okay, go so ahead. if there's going to be like to Caleb's point, if there's going to be lower lower in commons, yes, lower rares, yes, less sets overall, mm-hmm. do pack prices increase? I think that's possible, but there's also something that she mentioned, or there was that VIP chat. So there was a VIP chat that happened and they shared the information from that VIP chat in the discord. And one of the items, which was weird, what, that they shared the the information. There are are parts of that chat that are very, very, like the Reddit thing is odd. I know we covered that last week though. I I agree. But, (laughs) but, um, but, uh, the, the, one of the items, though, uh, um, in terms of packs, was they mentioned that there's going to be more packs, uh, like more pack frequency with lower circulation counts. So, because the, the thing is, like, we can we can all try to predict like circulation counts and pack prices and all that, but but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to like the economics behind the platform, and that, that's something that unfortunately we just don't know. We don't have, we are not able to know like how much operating revenue that they need, how much they can sort of put off, how much they can dump into like, you know, marketing or into the captain's program or what have you. We just don't know. Like we know what they're paying the captain's program up until now, for example, we know what Janie has said about marketing, but is that, does that marketing dollar, where do those marketing dollars come from? Are they already there and ready to be spent or is it coming from pack drops? Like we just don't know this information. And that is very key information that will decide how big these packs are, how many moments there are. However, I will say, though, at the end of the day, like, um, I think Janie's very well aware uh, of what the situation is. The only thing that's working against her and against us is that if you look at the chart of what's happening overall, just in the NFT space in general, and very much it's happening in Top Shot as well. It's like the liquidity is drying up. It, there's just there just isn't the hype at the current time. So the question is like, how do you maneuver when that is the greater the greater environment? I don't know. I'm glad I'm not the GM. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's I think there's a focus obviously on trying to continue with the current user base, obviously using the platform because there is a cost um, that each user pays, obviously when you sell a moment, right? And a large aspect of their um, income stream obviously comes from pack drops. And a lot of it actually comes from the fees that you pay on each sale as well. And so part of the focus clearly has been on retaining customers is the intent would be my guess. Obviously we know that that hasn't worked a hundred percent flawlessly, but a lot of it now has to be towards acquisition. And we've seen that with these new marketing pushes that we've seen lately. And I I presume we're all expecting it to start towards the beginning of the season and towards Christmas time would be my guess. But yeah. um, I guess we'll see what happens when the roadmap drops. Yeah. I mean, we've seen like we, we saw the Magic Johnson thing. We saw the mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham thing. Um, and we and I know, of course, there's going to be more of that. Uh, but I still think that like we're at a weird time now where where people who kind of had a, an idea of NFTs have probably already entered the picture. And so like the next group of people that are going to get involved into Top Shot, I mean, I've said this in the past, but it has to be like stupid dumb. It has to be so dumb easy to like get involved. 
Mm-hmm. And my, my theory before, and I'll share it again for those who don't know it, is that you use the money that you're giving these captains, you subsidize the S3 entry. So you, this also assumes that you're going you're gonna to be able to buy packages of packs, I mean, moments at once, right? So Mike Weisberg is a Celtics fan. He goes to the game. He's never heard of NBA Top Shot before. And either it's a big glowing kiosk, of course, that I want, or it's some other method. It's a, it's a graphic on the Jumbotron. It's something that explains for like for $20 or for $30, you can get access to this Celtics group. And they're called the, the Top Shot Garden and the TSD Garden. And here they are right now in the stadium. Look, that's them. And they're all wearing their gear. And you can join this group. And here's how QR code, you scan it, goes to the captain's page, 30 bucks, gets you entry. That will also get you entry into all the giveaways and free seats and all this kind of thing. Like it has to be easy. It's not easy right now. And I know that was something that Janie was talking about. So like if we're hoping to bring like the average consumer in onto NBA Top Shot, I already thought it was easy with like the on-ramp from crypto and you don't even know you're using crypto. Like that's why I was so bullish at the in the beginning. And um, but we're at like a different stage of the game right now. And to get those kind of people involved, it has to be even easier and just like almost just brainless. Like when people sign up for a Visa credit card to get a hat, they do that. They don't think about it too much. They sign their life away for that hat. And like that, that's how easy it needs to be. And so hopefully we get there. Hopefully like when we have an app, for example, that helps us get there, that that's what I'm hoping for. Um, eh, anyway, putting that out into the ether. Part of my bullishness on Top Shot this entire time has been the bullishness that a lot of people have on Flow and Dapper products in general. And that's that when I signed up, I had not done any crypto stuff at all. I, like I said, I came from cardboard collecting. I put my credit card in and I bought a moment. And I bought a pack with my credit card. Like that is something that is so much easier for onboarding people than it's the easiest switch that they've flipped basically. Yeah. It's just maximizing the other things to get people to that point basically. Because like I said, like there's nothing easier than just typing in your credit card. It's like buying sneakers online or buying anything else online basically. Agreed. But we, so, we have to, but all the, all the ingenuity though, we have to overcome where, what has gotten us into a tough spot right now, exactly. which is you can have the most amazing product, but if you're just giving way more product than people are willing to buy, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how cool your product is. So if there's a sneaker drop from Nike and instead of dropping a thousand Jordans, they drop a million Jordans, it doesn't matter how cool the Jordans are. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think that's kind of the situation that we are finding ourselves in. Jo- I'll give you I the mean, last I, word, I mean, Mike, and then we got to run into the NBA <laughs> stuff. Go Mike, last word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to your sneaker analogy, look, uh, Sneaker companies already do that, by and large. Like, yeah. It, Sorry, I was comparing I, I it to other to other <laughs> crypto companies. I was no, saying okay, as okay. if sneaker companies are easy, just like okay. they are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, so uh, as far as ease of use, obviously that's a big concern. Um, to your point on making signups part of the process, part of the issue is it's so convoluted in terms of explaining the game. Like, ultimately, Dapper has made a choice that this is a game, not a collectible. That said, I am more bullish on the platform in that they have moved to digital collectibles as a term rather than NFTs, which Mm. I think is important. So I think NFTs have a a negative connotation, uh, broadly speaking. I don't think that's any secret. Um, I think the more interesting thing as far as the flow stuff goes, and I've, I've mentioned this 
on Twitter, on my own pod, I think I've, I've talked about it here a little bit, Tandy, but like stuff like the Ticketmaster deal are the kind of things that change the projection of where Dapper is going to go. And if that deal goes long-term and they end up getting a sizable deal with Ticketmaster slash Live Nation, they're going to become a very, very different company. You know, brands like Top Shot and NFL All Day and La Liga and UFC Strike will simply be a part of their own platform. But if they start getting things like Ticketmaster on flow, they're fundamentally a finance company rather than an NFT company at that point uh, because of how many uh, transactions they would be doing through Ticketmaster. Um, so just have an understanding that like there's other stuff in the background where we might be super hyped on a product, whether that's Top Shot or All Day or Strike or whatever. But Dapper is definitely moving in a direction of we're trying to be the biggest NFT company in the world, period, point blank. And I think that's something to be aware of. Mm hmm. Fair, fair. Well, I hope we get to see that. I mean, obviously that would be a huge bullish case. Um, we'd all love that. Uh, so anyhow, why don't we just jump into our NBA predictions? We'll end the roadmap just with the idea that we all just want to simp so bad. I want that one so bad. My. All right. So let's jump right into it. <laughs> we all want it so bad. Uh NBA 2022-2023, it's exciting. I was actually surprised. I looked at the title odds today. Um, and funny enough, the Celtics are favored to win the NBA Finals. I, I thought this was kind of surprising. They are favored to win the NBA Finals. I don't know if you've seen this, but even as the, a massive Celtics homer, that didn't sound quite right to me. I mean, what, what are you guys thinking about? Let, we can start off with the Celtics. This is a show with two Celtics stands in it. Um, does this make sense to you, Weisberg, that, that the Celtics are the favorite? Yeah. So look, the way Vegas works is they work off bands of win totals, right? And what they're trying to do is generate the most money for whatever bets they have. Now, look, do I think that, that over under might be a little bit high? I'd, st I'd still take the over at 53 and a half personally. But we're not um, even talking over under. We're talking about NBA champions. Right, right. But but that's the, there's they have the highest uh, NBA win totals. They have the highest odds of winning the title. All right. Okay, ultimately, ultimately, Vegas feels pretty strongly about that core. They feel strongly about the addition of Brogdon. Obviously, you know Gallo getting hurt didn't help. Uh, you lose Yudoka and Will Hardy. I think people are underplaying the Will Hardy part of this, which is pretty important that he he took the job with Utah. Time now, Lord Zula, surgery. Uh, sorry, what's that? Time Lord coming off surgery. Seven-footer with a knee surgery. Uh, quickly, Tandy NFTs. It's not really a bad luck scandal. Like, it sucks. Um, <laughs> but, like, ultimately, as far as the Udoka stuff goes, what I, what I would just say about that is that's all on Udoka. Like, the, the Boston Celtics weren't around here, you know, Fucking at least one employee, maybe multiple, depending on what stories you've heard. Um, this is all on eBay, ultimately. And like, I have real concerns about the way that story came out. And that's probably not a conversation for this podcast. Um, I think it's it's more about uh, agencies and kind of a media story in some ways. But that said, um, I think Joe Mazzula will be fine. As a head coach, uh, I do wish they would hire a veteran head coach like a Frank Vogel um, just to accommodate that staff a little bit, give them more of a veteran look. You know, the most senior coach in that staff, I believe, is Damon Stoudemire. Um, 
but they'll be fine. Like they're going to win 50 plus games easy with that talent, even with time Lord hurt. So I'm not really worried about the Celtics as title favorites. You know, you could put them in the top four with, you know, Golden State and the Bucks and the Clippers. That's my top four. Um, so real quick, are the Celtics are going to win the championship this season, Mike? If you're asking me for my actual prediction, I think the Bucks yeah. and the Clippers win the title. I think Bucks, Clippers, Bucks and Clippers finals. finals. Caleb, how do you feel about this? I have the Bucks and the Clippers finals in my notes as well. So you guys are in love with the Clippers. Now, see, everyone's in love with the Clippers, but what? Why? I mean, yes, they went to the Western Conference Finals in the, in 2020. They in 2021, obviously Kawhi's injured. There's no John Wall. They they have a nice looking crew together there. But do you not think that people are sort of jumping the gun, crowning the Clippers the NBA champions already? Uh, so I I crowned them last year too. Um, prior to obviously all these injuries, like I I said next year they're they're going to be champions. I had I have these small forward rankings and I have two of the top five or top six small forwards playing together on the same team. And not only that, but they're 10 dudes deep. Like your, your bench is Robert Covington and Norm Powell and Terrence Mann and uh, Marcus Morris. Like there's all these guys coming off the bench, basically. John Wall. John Wall could come off the bench, like, or Reggie Jackson, like either one of those. I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson's whatever, but Reggie Jackson, coming off the bench as your seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best guy is a really deep team. Um, I guess the concerns there obviously are the same concerns we have every single year with the Clippers for the last, what, four years, and that's is Kawhi healthy and will Paul George play 65 games this year? Well, you saw and, that, and, you saw that photo and, of Kawhi's legs looking yeah. like turkey turkey ham. What are Christmas hams? They're like massive. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the other concern with them, I think, is do they want to make a move? You know, um, yes, they're 10 deep, but, you know, if a team like Charlotte decides to tank, which uh, I'll, 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 I'll throw I'll throw one of my my big takes out. I think Charlotte is going to be a bottom four team in the league. I think you're That's right. I have to. Um, they're they're <laughs> not spicy with, enough. I, I know. Right. Lamella <laughs> Lamella being hurt doesn't help. Um, but but they if you look at their roster and you look at the specifics of their cap, there's a bunch of guys that are either. Um, going to be unrestricted or restricted free agents at the end of the year. Um, Kyle Kuzma is going to be a free agent. Mason Plumley's got one year left on his deal. Uh, Gordon Hayward's contract is actually pretty appealing uh, at this stage of the game. Uh, his haircut is not appealing, though. That ha- that haircut is fucking atrocious. What I, I can't tell if he's a meth head or if I'm probably he, doubtful. Probably doubtful, or <laughs> or in the alternative, if his barber was drunk. I just don't know. Like I, I have lots of questions about that haircut. It was very disturbing. Okay. Um, I think his wife said, did I, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> ask ask a lot of Celtics fans about how they feel about Gordon Hayward's wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Is an this NBA the Al thing all over again. Like, oh, I mean, you know, and Anna Horford not not very happy with Al Horford's wife, but that way or with uh, Gordon Hayward's wife. Gordon Hayward. Um, mm-hmm. But that said. Uh, yeah, look, I think the Hornets going to be objectively bad, and, and a potential real case for Victor Wembanyama landing spot if they win the lottery, they're going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the Hornets, it's the Spurs, it's the Rockets, and who am I forgetting? Who's number four? Thunder or Pacers or Jazz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those teams all I, set. I, I mean, too. I, I actually my worry with the Pacers is I think they're going to be too good. 
Turner's like, yeah. on an expiring though, so they gotta True. dump him it now. If ever him, him, him and Heald could could go mm-hmm. on that Westbrook deal if you decide to go that route. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, there are avenues for that team to be worse. The Jet, the Jazz are gonna be really bad. Um, are you in some B two B merch over there, Westbrook? Uh, it's, a, it's a crispy I, blue. It is not team hold. Oh, uh, this, this is uh, <laughs> no boards to buckets. He said boards to buckets. Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Uh, otherwise, I am going to be buying some team old merch. Uh, shout out, Mike. Um, and, and and I'll throw that that little merch in the chat because uh, we just rolled that out this week. Haven't made an official announcement, I guess. Um, but we are we have a new revamped merch store. Um, but that said, we are uh, we we have a lot of announcements this week that we're going to be rolling out. Sorry to derail the, the NBA talk. Yeah, I appreciate but, uh, that, Mike. Yeah, no worries. You know, I, I, you know me. I, I pit my brand. This is what I do. Um, anyway, everyone totally forgot what we're talking about. But sorry, sorry, no, no, on, on the NBA. Sorry, uh, Mike just derailing everything, which is basically what his eight-hour show is going to be uh, with uh, so rare on uh, on Tuesday. Um, that's that's true. I got I got a show so rare. Also, that's true. Oh, right. Right. We, we, we... Secure the bag. Come on, guys. Secure your bag. Yeah, we're, we're trying. We're trying. I mean, we're trying here out here. Partnership. Um, Partnership, sir. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, those teams are going to be bad. Will the Pacers finally get rid of uh, Turner and heal to the Lakers? I think that's what everyone's hoping and, and thinking mm-hmm. is going to happen. Do you guys want to talk about the Lakers? We saw them get smoked by the Kings the other night. Is, the, is that worth looking into? Are the Lakers going to suck as they did last year? What are we thinking? uh they they're not good like they're just not like you took a team last year that was ancient in age right and then you replaced it with instead non-shooters like i'm sorry but you spent the full mid-level exception on lonnie walker like why i don't understand first off i don't understand and then he got hurt and i don't understand why the spurs didn't take the second the second contract i think he was the only guy in that entire class that didn't get a second contract with his draft team not that I think they should have kept him early, but usually you can just get a deal on it and circumvent the cap a little bit. Um, but the team, the guys that they brought in were just not good enough to really move the needle at all for me. I don't trust Anthony Davis to play more than 55 games. And LeBron is older, another year older. Like, are they that much better? I don't, I don't think they're, I think they're maybe like two, three wins better. I still have them ninth in the West. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I I'm not sure they even make the play in. Mm. Like mm, I, I think there's I think that's there's some real. I mean, <laughs> look, look 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 at the the bottom of that conference. Like yeah, I I, I could see a Sacramento Kings mm-hmm. making the play in. Yeah, like that's that that's a realistic scenario. I think mm-hmm. um, the T Wolves, the Pelicans, are the Blazers better than the Lakers? I'm going to push Fair. back on the T-Wolves Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are a playoff team, not just a play-in team. Um, I think there's a there's a range here of Mavericks, Wolves, Lakers, Blazers, Kings, for, and they will make up three or four spots. So I got a hot take. I, I think the Wolves are top four in the West. That's, Ooh, that's pretty that's spicy. I like that. All right, that's, like, the spiciest, I, that's the spiciest take thus far. I Look, here, here's the thing with the Wolves. Um, oh, let me let me give you a spicy take first. Spicy. Muy caliente. Yeah, caliente. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I I think there's a case to be made there if Anthony Edwards takes a leap. Def- like he's already a very very good defender. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who could very easily be Defensive Player of the Year, um, All NBA defense, first or second team. There's real 
case with him. You had Rudy Gobert in the back. Look, I have concerns about Cat playing the four. Um, you know, there's some clips floating around from last night about him defensively you know, on NBA Twitter, which aren't great. Um, I still think they need to move D'Angelo Russell, I think, to make that team a little more solid defensively. I'm fine lo- losing him offensively, given what they currently have. Love, love the Kyle Anderson signing. Mm-hmm. Like, such a sneaky signing does a lot for them when D'Angelo is not on the floor. He plays at his own pace, um, gives them size and length defensively. Um, they're just a really good team, man. Like they're gonna do, they're gonna win a bunch of games because the West is gonna be so fucking bad on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And yes, the, the top of the West is pretty top heavy, but I think that you, there's gonna be some. Look, here's my question to you guys: Do you guys think the Suns are top four? Mm-hmm. Suns are top four in the West in the regular yeah, season. In the regular season, are they top four team? Yeah, I don't think so, actually. I don't think so. I think you got the Grizzly, you I got agree. the Nuggets, you got the Warriors, you got mm-hmm. the Clippers, mm-hmm. and you could make a case like the Grizzlies are one of those teams that's very hard to predict. They they well, potentially the, could be in, up, up there as well. The question for the Grizzlies is, is Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy? As my camera goes out of view, um, they're five hundred when he doesn't play, like just yep. barely wow. over five hundred. And not only that, but Brandon Clark is like a is juice off the bench, but they can't play him with Steven Adams. His on off numbers with Steven Adams are horrible. It's and they only I play him with Jerry. Losing Anthony Melton. Yeah, like, it wasn't a good move. I mean they had we, to, we, we can talk about the East, but like you know, losing Anthony Melton, I think, is one of those guys who isn't gonna be like jump off the numbers, uh j- jump off the page kind of numbers, but like just a solid role player who can score points, defends really well, can defend multiple positions. Um, I just – I love what he does, and I think he's a great ad for Philly. But as far as Memphis goes, if they, if if Jaws healthy and Jaron Jackson comes back sooner than it's expected, they could push for top four for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Jaw obviously is going to be even better than he was last year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you healthier don't think so? is, he's, is, he's young. He is, he is young, but I, I think last year was the year that he made the leap. Like, so it's actually interesting with Memphis too because Memphis they they lost obviously uh, Melton and Kyle Anderson, which means that they now have three total players who averaged ten points a game last year. One of them being Zaire Williams, and the other two being Ja and Desmond Bain. And there's no Jaron Jackson to start the year. I actually have a hot take about the Grizzlies. I have Morant leading the league in scoring at the end of the mm. year, just okay. because I, I can't see a scenario where there's like, who else is going to score on the team between him and Bain, like Zaire Williams, I guess. Yeah. Kenny Lofton jr. Is going to be in street clothes. So it won't be him. Santi Aldama, I guess like is, these guys, Jones. is Bain going to be, would, would Bain be a great case for most improved given yeah. the minutes and the yeah. scoring numbers she's going to put up. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I know Vegas has Bain, I think second or third um, yeah. in uh, most improved, which is an actual thing that people can bet on, bet on in Vegas, which is mm-hmm. wild. Um, I think he's he's going to take a, the kind of leap. The question for an award like most, oh, Kenny Lofton Jr. Can't forget about him. Street club, That's right. Yeah, all, <laughs> all day, Memphis. Yeah. Um, anyhow, yeah, I, I feel like the Suns, Yes, they had the best record in the league. Uh, um, although it just feels like the vibes are so off. Like, I, and it also Chris Paul is one year older. Um, 
the vibes just seem horrid at the moment. I don't know. Maybe we're all buying in too much to the vibes and maybe they'll just surprise us and go on a big run again. Regular season run. I don't know. I, hard, I have them second in the West. That's okay. I guess that's my like top of the division hot take. I have them second and I have the Grizzlies fifth, the Pelicans sixth. Yeah. Maybe that is a little wild, but what's what's the ceiling on the Pelicans, boys? Really high. Like yeah. You're right. the most Jones, efficient offensive Ion. player in like the last 10 years. Hmm. Coming back from injury, you have Brandon Ingram, who's a mismatch nightmare, and he's gotten so much better defensively. And then you also have, you know, CJ McCollum. You have Herb Jones locking guys up one through four. Like they're a deep team. You got Larry Nance. People sleep on how good Larry Nance is as a switchable he's defender. He's been fantastic. He's been great. It's a good team. Mm. And and the, the other thing you should consider with the Suns, like here's what's crazy. You still have Bridges, who got mm-hmm. uh, a ton of votes for NBA Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to take a leap. Um, the, the other thing with the Suns that I, I think is is kind of interesting, um, I like the TLC signing uh, in the offseason. That was fun. Campaign should take a leap for them. Um, I don't know. Like, as much as I enjoy what that team is, I think the Aiton thing is going to linger over that team a little bit more than they would like. And the Sarver stuff is intriguing to see how it's handled throughout the year. Look, the mm-hmm. Suns are going to sell for a lot of fucking money. Like, they're going to sell for $4 billion, mm-hmm. I think, um, at least. Um, they may sell for like four or five, which is wild given the record is $2 billion. Um, but the the concern with the Suns is, does the Sarver stuff linger? Does the Aiden stuff linger, which is a part of the Sarver stuff to an extent? And can Chris Paul stay healthy? I, I, I have real concerns whether Chris Paul is going to stay healthy at 38 years old. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we saw what happened at the end of the season last year, at the end of the playoffs last year. He looked like a kind of a shell of himself at the end there. Um, another team we can talk about in the West, which is a very uh, hard-to-predict team, I would say is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka Doncic is the leading in odds MVP candidate. I believe he was the leading MVP candidate last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But what are we thinking about the about the Mavericks? Because who is going to support him? Christian Wood? Is he going to be the support that they need? Like, who... Who, who's going to be his supporting cast that are going to like put points in, or is he just going to be scoring 50 a night? Yeah. I mean, part, part of the issue with that team is you let Jalen Brunson go, which frankly, not their decision. Ultimately, like Jalen decided to go to the Knicks because his dad's there and it's a pretty CAA heavy place as it is. Um, Leon Rose, by the way, their, their uh, president of basketball operations used to be his agent for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um that said, look, it's going to be a lot of Tim Hardaway Jr. on that team. Uh, scoring is going to be a lot of Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, bad vibes already with them, given that Christian Wood didn't know that he was going to, not going to start. There's a thought. That's that's not ideal. Yeah. Like, when, when when your best signing was like, I had no idea I was going to be the sixth man. That's a fucking problem hmm. that he finds out on media day. Um, not great. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're – a fine team. I don't think Luke is going to be the MVP. I just don't. I think Giannis is more, far more likely to win MVP than Luke is, even given the odds. Um, I know. I know. Like we, we can talk about the MVP odds a little bit later, but Giannis and, and Joel are far more likely than Luca is. That yeah, Luke is going to score a ton. But this it the, the the case for the Mavs is pretty simple. Luke is coming in the healthiest he ever has been. He's not out of shape in the least. He looked fucking 
awesome at Eurobasket. Like, as good, I think, as we've seen him in his pro career um, was what he was in Eurobasket. He had some amazing shots at Eurobasket. That said, that roster is, you know, 7 to 10 dog shit. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how healthy they can stay, one. And two, there are real concerns about them defensively the same way they were last year. So that, that's that's my take on them. They're like a, a six to eight seed. They're, they're not going to be great. You know, they could really fall to eight if Luka gets hurt. But oh, clearly, if Luka gets hurt, they could miss the playoffs. They could <laughs> be they could be a bottom six team if Luka's hurt. Yeah. Do you guys have them in the play in? Then I have them in the play in at the top there. I you know I I could see seven eight six if if you know everything goes goes well. Okay, yeah. So part of the thing that stuck out about what you just said was. Uh, defensively, and just that word should be painted on their wall, basically, because there's nobody there that plays defense. Like, their big signing was Christian Wood, who is an elite, horrible defender. Like, he's at the peak of the worst big defenders in the league. Like, he doesn't play any defense. And then their other great pickup of this year was taking a, a originally potential lottery pick in Jaden Hardy, who, in case you guys are wondering, also doesn't play any defense. Um, so I have really big concerns about this team defensively because the only guy that plays defense on their team is Dorian Finney-Smith and he's a, he's a great defender and he's awesome and super switchable, but, um, he's one guy. I don't know. The switching one through five thing means that there's four other people on the floor and, uh, he can't guard all five of them. So one, one, one quick thing to note, just when you look at the roster construction, they are primed to make a deal, mm-hmm. given what they did um, with the Porzingis deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could do some combination of Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and Dorian Finney-Smith, or Dwight Powell, who's an expiring. Mm-hmm. Um, any one of those guys, along with picks, to acquire someone um, midseason, if they feel like they need to make a leap offensively. Um, so we'll see. Like, I, I think that's, that's the way they are in terms of their roster. The question for them is they've gone through a huge management o- overhaul over the last couple of years. Ownership is steady with Cuban, but like this is probably not their year. I think they're far more planning for next year to be their year, but we'll see. Hot Draymond could right be here. interesting with them, just as an aside. I can see LeBron that. with the hot take. Wow. <laughs> wow, LeBron. I don't know about LeBron, but but Draymond, I can see. Um, anyhow, in terms of MVP. Luca is at the top with a plus 425. Giannis is next. And then slightly behind him is Embiid. I don't, I actually don't think Embiid, if, if obviously if Harden stays healthy, I don't think Embiid's going to win the MVP. I just think that Harden wants to score a lot of points. And uh, for that no. reason, I don't think Embiid will. No, I, I don't I, believe I, it. Hard disagree with you, mm-hmm. Like, Well, you think Harden's but, not going to want to fill up the stat sheet? I mean, when in the last two years has that really been the case with him? And Tyrese Max is going to take a leap, man. Tyrese even Max more is... the case. Why do you think? Oh Embiid no, 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 no. I here's here's the thing. Look, Max is going to take a leap for sure, mm-hmm. and Embiid's numbers might dip a little bit. They may not be as historic as they were the last two years. But MVP is a narrative award. It is not a stats based award necessarily. Fair. Fair. So um, if they're if they're the one seed, then I guess I suppose that's possible. Not not just if they're the one seed. The, the other thing to consider is the way that voters think, and MVP voters are a fickle group, to say the least. Like they're there we go. Probably... Jeb's on my team. We can we can close the stream now. I know, right? <laughs> uh, look, look. Here's here's the thing with Embiid. Here's the case. He finished second the last two years. 
So there's a narrative there. If they get the one or two seed and he has a fantastic year, voters are going to be more sympathetic to potentially voting him as MVP. I don't think Jokic is going to win MVP because, you know, he, he's Fatigue. not going to win it three times. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, voters won't give that to him. There's only been a couple guys that have done it historically. It's like been Bird, Kareem, I think, um, and I'm blanking on the last one. Um, but I, I just don't see it for Jokic. That's why it's, why it's probably going to come down to Embiid or Giannis. I think Giannis is far more likely because the Bucks can be fucking awesome. Yeah, as long like, as Middleton far, is far healthy. more than Philly. But you know, we'll see. I think yeah. so too. I think I think Giannis is the smart choice. Caleb, I think Giannis. I I 100% agree with what you're saying, actually, Mike. I'm on your side here. I think the Harden, like he will fill the stat sheet, but I think there's a genuine possibility that Harden leads the league in assists next year because he's busy dumping off the ball to open threes to Maxi or dumping it into the post for Embiid to just get a million dunks basically all over people. I have Embiid as my MVP right now penciled in not markered in or, or penned in obviously because i don't know how much i trust that he hasn't been hurt in a long time but you're right the narrative is what it's all about and this is a guy who's come as the runner-up back-to-back years we've already had the fatigue from Jokic, so we know it's not going to be him unless he puts up 50 and 40 that's totally fine that it's kind of cringe he's gonna end up winning i think personally um, I, even though he does whine too much, I think that we're we're giving the the and media writers a little too much credit here that they're not going to get baited into it because I think genuinely that might end up happening. There, there's a reason why people content create, and part of the reason why people content create is to talk about issues like the MVP. And mm-hmm. you can't tell me the last two months of the year, which are going to be super fucking exciting in theory, there's going to be a lot of conversation about the MVP, mm-hmm. and MVP voters can be swayed. Mm-hmm. We know that there are always media campaigns. And if there's one thing Philly does really well as an organization, they do media campaigns really fucking well. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see them swaying some voters to get him beat. Although, like I said, I think Giannis is going to win. Like, I don't That's think fair. it's going to be close. I Like the year that I think he is primed to have, he looked great in Eurobasket too. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that they finished, I think, third or fourth in Eurobasket. Um, but he looked like he was on one. And if there's one thing that scared me about the playoffs as a Celtics fan, he fucking every night, every fucking night, it was a, it was an issue. Uh, like when, when you were watching him drop like 60, I mean, it was, it was just, it was just like, it, 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 was, it, it was like, it wasn't 60. He dropped like 45 in a closeout game, basically. Yeah, and, so, and the refs, yeah, the refs I, just let them just bowl into people, just like just elbow people in the nuts, and uh, that's Draymond, not Giannis, but um, he's just well, bowling into people, and he's unstoppable. So if, speaking if of Draymond, uh, yeah. how do you guys feel about the Warriors? I think they're kind of being slept on a bit, honestly. Yeah. I, I think all this talk about the Nuggets and the and the Clippers and people are like just they forget that the Warriors. I mean, they made the Celtics at times look pretty overmatched. I mean, part of that I think was because the Celtics were kind of gassed. They, they faced some really hard matchups and the Warriors kind of breezed their way into the finals. But I mean, they have arguably one of the best players in the league in Steph Curry. They have an improved uh, Jordan Poole. They have Draymond who can just knock out anyone at a moment's notice. And yeah. their, and their young guys are, are looking great too. So I think it's a mistake for people to sort of write off the Warriors. Do they win 70 games? 70, did you say? No. <laughs> you think they're going to win 70 games? 
I'm not saying they are. I think there's a case for it. Oh my I th- god! I think so there's too should. many thirty-year-olds <laughs> for them. Like they're just gonna sit guys enough games to cover those twelve games, right? Like I, I, I think I, they have a chance to win sixty. So I, the, the the case for it, I'm not. I'm not okay. put okay. it. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying this is what I think. I'm. I'm saying I've I've heard this a little bit, and I think it's an interesting conversation. The bottom of the West and East are both going to be terrible. They're going to be nights. They're going to give. Uh, the vets the night off. Mm-hmm. And if you are confident in Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman to be above average starters in the league, I could see it, uh, particularly on, on, on back-to-backs against shitty teams. Like, yeah, you, only, you only have to win, like, if, if you do the math, like, let's say they play, you know, 30 teams that are, that are below five. I mean, sure, Jeb, yes, yes. Ryan makes a good point, though. They they were kind of lollygagging in, like, the regular season. It's the same I, reason I have questioned the Giannis MVP case. Mm-hmm. I just think those teams have bigger aspirations than regular season MVPs or first seeds. I just do. And that's actually a question I want to ask you guys because I'm not 100% sure about this. But the Sixers also kind of flamed out and have been flaming out in the playoffs, right? And Giannis, I mean, Embiid has been busting his ass trying to get the MVP and hasn't been getting it. Um is there a case to be made that perhaps he also rests more to give them a better chance in the playoffs and therefore he does not win the MVP and Caleb has to erase her out his pencil? Um, I, I actually kind of go the opposite way. It seems like teams that have actually won stuff tend to sit their guys later on and, and allow them to be prepped for the playoffs and things like that. And we haven't seen the Sixers win any, anything really outside of regular season games. So I actually have them penciled in as second on my East right now, uh, regular season rankings. And I do have them going against the bucks in the playoffs. I don't know. I think we saw last year what they're willing to allow Joel Embiid to do to get individual awards. They played him 42 minutes a night down the stretch when he had no business playing just so he could try to win the, uh, the scoring title. Like, right. And don't you think there's a chance he might, do less of that this season because of how he didn't win the MVP. When, 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 <laughs> when have you, when has Doc Rivers ever showed a pension to do that? Um, Y'all know Doc pretty well. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I guess I mean, not. look, he just plays. I mean, his, I've, plays I've, I've, I've heard Bill Simmons make this case quite a bit on, on Doc, but like Doc has had more talented rosters than virtually anyone else over the last 20 years. And across the board, outside of the 2008 title, name me one fucking time that he's been great. Doc, maybe that as, maybe as a he, head coach, maybe when he like, won the NBA championship outside of a wait, <laughs> outside of a wait, na- na- <laughs> name me a great doc season. Maybe the when he made the season. finals to what did he make the finals like a couple years later? Well, so the, the 2010 season, maybe, but outside of that, like he had those amazing Clippers teams that flamed out consistently in the second round. Yeah. Um, then he goes to Philly and those Philly teams have consistently gone out in the second round. Like at a certain point when you're blessed with super talented rosters, some of that comes back to the coach and like the Ben Simmons stuff. A lot of that, frankly, is on doc. Yeah. Um, doc, Doc's a Twitter legend. Now he's not even a coaching legend anymore. It's true. Well, it is. I mean, to come in and be the, the, the middle ground here, I think. I, mm. I do know that there is that historic beef between Doc and Bill Simmons, obviously. So I yeah. temper my it's expectations true. when this Bill Simmons starts talking yeah, about Doc. I know. That's, you told him I Glenn. Just don't, 
Yeah, he calls him Glenn all the time. So I'm not 100% certain I trust Bill Simmons' takes on Doc Rivers, but I also don't disagree. There, He's a guy that has had a lot of talent over the years. He loves to play the guys that play well, um, and also DeAndre Jordan. And uh, I, I just I don't trust him as an elite coach. Like I think realistically he ends up fitting into that 10 to 15 best range. Would you rather probably. have him or Ty Lue? Oh, 100% Ty Lue. It's not even a question. Ty Lue is like a top five coach for me, probably. Mm. Um, I don't I don't have a list of top five coaches here, but he fits into that group. He, he fits in the profile. Undeniably. Yeah, he fits the profile. The Spo, Nick Nurse, uh, Monty Williams until last year at the playoffs sort of thing. Yeah, great coach, personally. Fair enough. So, all right. So, so it's possible. I mean... You, Caleb's feeling pretty good about the Sixers going to the finals versus the Bucks. Mike, how do you feel? Do you, have you uh, what, what's your finals on the West, Caleb? I have uh, the conference finals in the West being Warriors, Clippers, Clippers in seven. Okay, okay. Um, Mike, do you have you thought about this at all yet? Celtics, Bucks, um, in the East. Know, I, in the East, um, I just feel like that team's going to put it together. Yes, they're not going to be as good in the regular season. Time Lord being out two and a half months is a big fucking deal. Um, but I think the their their veteran team, they might be young, but they're a veteran team in terms of playoff experience. They know what they're doing. Um, I think having – I think Joe Mazzula is going to be interesting as a head coach. My guess is he's probably going to give Tatum and Brown a little bit more rest, which is going to mean they're probably not going to win as many games, frankly. Um, the back end of that roster is not particularly great. Um you know, I, I love me some Sam Hauser, frankly. Um, I, I think he's going to be a great piece for them off the bench. But that said, you know, without Gallinari, um, Rogdon's going to be awesome, like truly great for them as a pickup. Um, he's looked great in the preseason. Um, but that said, I just think they're going to end up outlasting the Sixers in the seven-game series. I think it'll be a 2 three series, and – even though Philly will be at home, I, I, my homerism is going to step in here. I just think they're, they're a better team. Um, but as far as West goes, just to be clear, Warriors Clippers, I, I don't think those are the top two teams with a star, basically, at this point. Um, both those teams could easily win 60 games. <laughs> Hello, Poker Pro Eric. Nice to see you. Um... I, I, I see you, PP. Love you, buddy, but fuck off. Um... <laughs> So anyway, yeah, Kings twelfth in the West, right? That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, well, we, actually, the Kings are a great question. Do we think the Kings make the uh, the play-in or make the playoffs? I think they very well could. I, th- I have them eleventh. I mean, I think 11th. that they could be like. I think someone here, did, Caleb. Did you say you th- you had them as a better final record than the Lakers? I, I have Lakers, Blazers, and Kings almost identical records at 9, 10, and 11. Okay. So we'll see. Poker Pro I Eric mean, says Kings in sixth. Look, I, I think they're somewhere between 7 to 10. I think their talent is is pretty good. I think Mike Brown's actually going to elevate them a little bit. Um, I, you know, I think Mike Brown's kind of in that 10 to 15 range as a coach. Um, and I know there's a whole lot of instability with the GM situation over there. Uh, as they have had historically, ownership is a shit show. Um, even though you know, I met Vivek briefly at that uh Kings Warriors thing uh earlier this summer. Um, but like you know, I, I just I think that roster is actually deeper than people expect, and they're gonna mm-hmm. win a ton of games. Um, you know, I, I 
the question for them is whether De'Aaron Fox can can take a leap, whether he's worth the contract that he really signed. Because right now he's playing for uh, that third contract. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he is going to be the guy. I think Sabonis is going to be fantastic. Keegan Murray is going to be awesome. And he potentially could be rookie of the year if Banchero wasn't here. To uh, quote Victor Webbenyama, he would be the best if I wasn't born. Um, you know, which, which, by the way, one of the greatest troll comments of all time. Um, right. So, do you yeah, think people are? Know. Do you think people are overlooking teams like the Hawks, like the Heat, mm-hmm. like the Raptors? Well, the Raptors, I think, can be very fun. Like the Raptors' ceiling is top four. The Hawks, have, I'm less high on. I have the Raptors fifth. And the Hawks eighth yeah. in the East. The Hawks so. defensively are going to be a fucking mess. Like mm. their their back end. Like I know Clint Capella had an awesome year last year. Um, he was the best rebounder in the league last year um, in terms of overall percentage. Like they they have real roster concerns. I know trading for Dejounte in theory puts Trey off the ball, but like that that's an undersized uh, back backcourt. And they they said they're going to trade John Collins. They they've been saying it off the record to people for months, and they didn't fucking do it. Um, and I agree with Jeb. Okongwu is going to be awesome mm-hmm. um, if they, if they play him enough, right? There's there's just a lot of concerns with the Hawks where I'm like, I just don't know the direction, and I don't know what they're going to do minutes wise. So we'll see. Ho- hopefully, you know, for Hawks fans, they do well. But like that's a team that that could be anywhere from five to eight in the East. And the Heat were one Jimmy Buckets three pointer away from the finals. Why are we not talking about the Heat? Think why? Why is no one saying the Heat are going to make it out the East? What's going they, on here? They were first in the regular season too. They had fifty eight yeah. wins last year. I have. So what's them, going on here? I have them third in the East, but I have them Whoa. losing. Whoa! Like, in the regular season, I do. Yeah, I have the Celtics four. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. I have the Heat losing though to the Bucks. And the Sixers beating the Celtics. So I have them losing to the Bucks, which I mean, I don't think anyone of us would be surprised by. I think Kyle Lowry's gonna play more games this year. He missed, I think it was 12 games last year due to personal reasons, and then he missed a bunch more with injury. Um I I am a little concerned about the bench guys a little bit, which isn't very consistent which isn't very consistent with what the heat culture obviously um but there's going to be some guys that are going to try to get paid and they're going to get paid elsewhere and the biggest question mark for them is who is starting at power forward because pj tucker does not live in miami anymore he happens to live much further north so uh he, I, he, he might he might still live that. in miami he might live in my they all live in <laughs> miami yeah <laughs> i'd live in miami too but right um, Right. But I, I think Bam, I have Bam as defensive player of the year, not to skip too far ahead. Shout out Stan Loves in the chat there. I think he's going to be better this year than he was last year, especially when they make the playoffs. But I still don't have them going to the finals, but they're a great team. You're, like you said, they're one Jimmy Butler three point away from making the finals, even if he shot 29% from three. But anyway. Yeah. Jovic, Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, like their, their bench is actually, I think pretty productive relatively speaking i think jovic will be very good uh he's likely to be all rookie first team i know that bar is pretty fucking low but likely to be all rookie first team in my opinion um you look at the rest of that roster yeah look larry it depends on how healthy he is he's still owed about 60 million bucks over the next two years um bam 
Yeah, he's prime for, once again, Defense Player of the Year contention. Uh, Jimmy's kind of interesting because – so this year um, he exercised his player option. Mm-hmm. Um, he technically ha- has a couple more years left on that extension uh, that he just signed last year. Uh, it's going to kick in next year. He is going to be owed somewhere around $50 bucks a year for the next three years after this year. Yep. Which is a lot of fucking money for a guy who is, let me look at the number, 33. So you're going to be paying him about 50 mil or 34, 35, 36, which, you know, there, there's a history among small forwards kind of that play the way Jimmy does, as physical as he does, uh, that he could break down a little bit. So what people need to realize about the way that guys are getting paid is look at it as a percentage of the cap, not as the overall number. That said, because I, I do think guys are going to be making upwards of 80 million a year within the next five years. I don't think that's a hot take, but with the heat, I think this is kind of an interesting conversation because as Caleb mentions, there's a bunch of guys who are going to want to get paid uh, that you clearly don't pay Lowry at the end of two years down line, but Duncan Robinson, you've already paid Oladipo. You're going to let go next year. Uh, Caleb Martin just got an extension last year. Mm-hmm. Hero, you just signed to that massive deal, but what do you do um, with Shrews? What do you do with Gabe Vincent? Um, what do you do with Omar Yerksvin? Like, there are bench guys that are going to want to get paid, and, and the Heat are probably just going to be like, we consistently do this with guys like Max Drews, so we're not really worried about guys 6 through 10. Um, but Jamal Cain, are... baby. Jamal Cain. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look, look they, they do an amazing job in development. I don't know that offensively they're going to be able to do enough. I think they're they're probably closer to sixth than than top four personally. Okay. Uh, sorry, Stan. Um, you know, like there's a band, right? I, I think mm-hmm. somewhere between four to six is probably where where they end up. Um, I just I don't know whether they can stay healthy. Is my big consideration for that. Offense offensively, they're gonna they're gonna struggle and oh, they struggle middle of the pack. Defensively, they're gonna be elite. That's the top five team defensively. And do they trade Deck and Robinson? He's still a piece for them to to deal at some point or another. So they, they have options as far as trying to, to make deals. You can't deal hero because uh, he just signed that extension. So we'll see. Sure. One team that we haven't yet discussed at all are the Brooklyn Nets. They are actually mm. not that far off in terms of favorites to win the NBA championship. They're like in the top five. They're right, right at the Celtics. They have the same odds as the Celtics. Um, actually, that's not true. Sorry. I said the Celtics were most favored, but they're not far behind the Celtics currently. Um, what do you make of that? Well, like, uh, how, how are they just somehow going to figure it all out? What Simmons is just going to find his jump shot and, and Kyrie's not going to lose his damn mind and everything's just going to fall perfectly into place and the Nets are going to be back as one of the best teams in the East? So if there's a team award for the longest possible band of where a play, uh, where a team could end up, it's the Nets, like undeniably, because they could end up anywhere between like third maybe and all the way down until like 13th i have them slated right now at seven trying to split the difference here a little bit i just don't think that you get like we know that Kyrie plays 60 games a year every single year like that's what he's going to play at the maximum now with the covid stuff because covid is over allegedly um Kyrie is going to get to play his normal 60 games of the year. Kevin Durant's going to miss some time realistically just with the aging process. Naturally that ends up happening. And do we think that the rest of the guys around them got that much better? Like Ben Simmons is in the picture now, but is he going to play the 
five defensively and the one offensively. We don't often see that outside of the Jokic comp, but even Jokic can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, There's such a weirdly workshop team that they have to be a team that when they're on league pass, you just got to check in and just see what they look like that night because they're going to be different night to night. And they're going to be fun to, to watch in the same way that the Lakers are fun to watch and that they're going to be dramatic as hell. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they're I, – I have them below – you know, the Raptors and Cavs even like just because I just don't think those older guys are going to play enough games. I think there is. So I think Caleb's on the money in terms of putting them seven um, just because we don't really know what they are. Um, Ben's been bad in the preseason. Like mm-hmm. the numbers have not. I should say bad. They just haven't wowed you. They haven't jumped off the page the way that I would have liked for a guy with his talent level. I know he's working his way back. Maybe by midseason, his numbers are just going to be like fantastic. Um, maybe he's like 15, 10, and seven, you know, by midseason. Um, but there are real questions about them defensively. I think the Kyrie stuff, we'll see. You know, his contract here in Boston didn't go well either, you know? So, like, and I didn't love him chirping, being like, yeah, you know, I gave up $100 million. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of mental issues, the questionable mental issues that that like think... like like we're supposed to pat you on the back. You you right. gave up a hundred million the same way. By the way, I, I would I would deal with the Harden stuff too. Harden being like, well, I gave up like thirty million dollars. Um, he got it in fanatics you know, money. What are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on now, <laughs> just, just 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 wait till we get that fanatics job. Um, yeah. but uh. And by, by the way, I love their ownership just decided, yeah, you know, we're, we're just going to take a step back and really just go towards fanatics. Um, yeah, like that team is a shit show in a lot of ways. They're going to be fun to watch. I don't know what to what what to think of them night to night. KD's going to be awesome. Kyrie's going to do some wild shit sometimes. And you're just going to be like, oh, Kyrie dropped 50 tonight. And then he's going to drop 12 the next night. We don't know. We, we just don't know what that next team is. You know, if you want to put a case for – the Nets, the case for the Nets is going to be something to the effect of, look, Joe Harris is healthy. KD plays 60 plus games. Kyrie's awesome. And they, and Ben Simmons, you know, goes back to being an all first team defensive player. Do I think that's pie in the sky, rose colored shades kind of shit? Yeah. Cause I just, that's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of like guys getting healthy, guys playing to the top level of what their ceiling is. I just I, I don't really see it. I didn't love their offseason stuff too. I think letting Bruce Brown go sucks. Um, mm-hmm. I know I know people in Top Shot fucking hate the name Bruce Brown, but I love like, that guy though. He's he's a super productive player and will be awesome with the Nuggets. The Nuggets could be a top four team as well in the West. Um, but like you know, Royce O'Neal's fine as an offseason addition. I didn't love trading a first for him, but whatever. Uh, Nick Claxton's gonna be good. Uh, Seth Curry, by the way, he's gonna be a free agent after this year. Uh, the Patty Mills deal still doesn't make sense to me, although at mid-level money, it's fine. Cam Thomas is okay, but like outside of that, like there's just not a lot there. Um, there's know, too many fine. question marks. Like there just yeah. is. Like if you go, every single guy on the roster has a question mark. Like I, I pulled up the roster here. Nick Claxton, is he ever going to hit a free throw again? Um, like Kevin Durant, he could get injured. He's 34 years old. He's had a history of injuries, obviously. Joe Harris, is he going to come back? as Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, is he just going to leave randomly at some point? 
Um, Royce O'Neal was bad defensively last year, and he was horrific offensively. If he can bounce back, then sure, he'd be good. Ben Simmons, who knows what you're going to get from Ben Simmons. Cam Thomas has not played defense ever in his life. And uh, TJ quick, Warren. Quick is- note, Caleb, on, on, on Cam Thomas. Love him at Summer League talking oh, shit. Oh, love about Cam coach. Thomas. Love that. Love that. Love that. Super love that. good. That's, yeah. Right? That's yeah. that's super great vibes to be like, yeah, what do you think about Steve Nash? Fuck Whatever. that guy. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? And then and then the last guy that we have confirmed on the roster, what TJ Warren? He's coming off not playing for 18 months. Like this whole roster from top to bottom, like the two-way guys are the only guys who who don't have question marks. Like we know who Yuta Watanabe is. If you know who he is, you know, I guess what Seth Curry is and David Duke Jr. And Chris Chioza, like that's the guys that you really can rely on. And that's a really, really scary sight for a team. Hence the possible down to play in territory or not even playoffs territory that they could. End could up you, can you imagine if they end up like mid level lottery? I mean, and, kind of, Kyrie and Kevin might get their wish. They might end up firing the GM after all, if that happens. Like, I, I don't think that's a Sean Marks thing. I, I look, no. I think Steve Nash, look, if, if we were going to, I'd love to see the odds on coach most likely to get fired first. Cause I think Steve Nash is probably in the top five mm-hmm. because if things go sideways, he's the guy that goes, it ain't going to be, the, it ain't going to be Sean Marks. Right? No, he, that's true. The boss doesn't, the boss doesn't fire himself. Mm-hmm. So that's where that works. Yeah, and uh, Josiah likes John Marks. We know that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so, I, it, so, it's, it's going to be a, a questionable roster with not as much winning as people would like. Do not make that bet if you're going to Vegas. Yeah, well, we can revisit this later and see if that was a hot cold or <laughs> what what kind of take that was. Um, I'm excited to take a look later. I mean, I remember last year Caleb and I spoke before the season, mm-hmm. and I think what if I remember correctly, my takes were that the Celtics probably weren't going to be a very good team. They'd be lucky to be in like the three seed that the Lakers were going to win it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so let's see, you know, we are, we're all, we all feel very full of ourselves before the, the basketball actually starts getting played. But um, I think we spoke, do we speak about the Lakers already? I think, I think we don't, we, we talked about they, the Lakers. They may not even make the playoffs or the play in for that matter. Um, we didn't talk about the Cavs. Cavs seem to be like another one of those darling picks. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how likely it is that they make a deep run. I think that um, they have a great young Here squad. You They're like the Raptors. They're like a strong young squad. It's kind of mm. hard. To See, I I would contest that the this might be a hot take that the Raptors are closer than the Cavaliers. And my pitch comes from the fact that usually teams that compete and that end up winning or playing in the finals have a player who's at least 27 years old that's the best player on the roster. The best player on the Cavaliers roster is Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell. Like, But all of them are much, much younger than 26 or 27 at the heat of their primes. I still, still think they're two years away from being like a really, really scary team, especially considering they're going to have to somehow convince Donovan Mitchell that defense is half the game still um, because he hasn't played defense since his rookie year really like he just chooses not to and he's much smaller than his listed height is and so that backcourt of Darius Garland at six foot two and Zonva Mitchell at six foot two and a half they really really got to make sure that those guys are able to funnel everybody into Jared Allen and Evan Mobley because they're both elite rim, pre- rim protectors 
Caleb almost hit us with being two years away from being two years away. I was so close um, to saying going full Caboclo. <laughs> I was so close to going full Caboclo. He, was... he, pl- he played uh, for the Grizzlies in, yeah, the, in no, the summer league. Not, not he looked bad. really bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very specific NBA joke, and if you don't yes, know it, it's fine. Yes, it um, yeah, look, I, I think this is a team that will – like, as far as the Raptors go, the Raptors are going to be really fucking good. I watched them quite a bit uh, against Celtics last night on NBA TV. And Scotty Barnes is going to be that dude. Scotty Barnes is going to make a leap to All-NBA. I think he's going to be All-NBA 13 this year. Um, I think he can legitimately Spicy, be, like it. He, he can legitimately make a claim for being a top 15 guy, a guy who can be most improved. Um, you know, he does everything you want at his position. Um, he's almost like a point forward at times. Because he, he can drive, like, they were doing interesting stuff with him last night. There was a little bit of some dribble handoff stuff uh, to create some offense uh, with Van Fleet. Um, they're running a lot of double pick and rolls with him, which I thought was interesting. Like, they just, they're going to run the offense through him next year, or this year, I say. Um, and the rest of that roster is really solid. Like, I think Preston Chiwas are, like, a solid to above average uh, piece for them mm-hmm. and then you look at the the rest of that bench that bench is actually pretty good like su- it surprised me how deep they were relatively speaking I mean look their starting five is is Pascal Van Fleet OG who's going to be fantastic this year uh, Boucher and, and Barnes then you have Ken Birch Thaddeus Young Precious Otto Porter Jr. is going to be fantastic for them uh, Coloco looked great last night in limited mm-hmm. minutes like they're just going to be able to prevent size, like create size issues. They're going to rebound well. They're going to defend at an elite level, probably like top seven. I don't think top mm-hmm. five. I think top seven's probably more likely. And offensively, they're going to score at a pretty efficient pace. Um, so we'll see. I, I think they, their ceiling is probably closer to a top four. Like if you want to be spicy, you could put the Raptors in the top four. I could see that. Um, I'm not going to, but I, I could see that take. Uh, as, as far as the Cavs go, they, they're just – there's going to be questions defensively. That backcourt's undersized. Um, they're going to uh, – the upside of, of Mitchell, like the, the case for the Cavs is this. Mitchell gives them a go-to guy in the fourth quarter, and it allows Garland to play off the ball. Garland actually played a little bit off the ball in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually a pretty elite scorer in high school and was more of a primary scorer in college. And then in the NBA, he's had to be more of a primary guy. I think he's actually going to be much better off the ball than people expect. That said, that roster, I, I don't love their bench. Um, I think their bench is a little bit old, relatively speaking. Rubio is going to be fine. Um, yeah, great. I'm, I, I'm aware that they weren't even playing last night. Um, but I, I just think they're going to be put in situations where, A, can all those guys stay healthy is the first question. Donovan... I think defensively, as always, is going to struggle. And Allen in particular is my question on staying healthy. Oh, and by the way, uh, Evan Mobley already hurt. You know, he's out for two weeks. So mm-hmm. um, there are real concerns whether they can win. What's their over-under? I think their over-under is Cavs. 47 and a half. Yeah. Would you take them going over 47 and a half? I think that's a really good line. I just wouldn't bet it, to be honest. It's where I would end up probably. I think I I think I might go under 
I just think that, um, like you said, uh, well, like the fact that he's already injured is definitely one reason to think he, it's going under. But I also think that they are young, and I think it's also going to take some gelling with like these new faces on a young team. I think sometimes that takes a few games to really start to find a groove. I do think their their coaching staff is actually very good. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think they have an excellent develop, developmental program. I think their GM slot with Colby Altman is actually in a good place. So like if you are the kind of person who takes – Leadership stability is a big thing for NBA rosters, which I do. Um, mm. I think they're actually primed to be an elite team in the next couple of years. It's just not going to be this year. Here's a question for you. Did the Knicks make the play-in? Yeah, barely. Yeah. But like make the, the play-in at what? I think I have them <laughs> at like 10. <laughs> like, then they make I... the play-in and, and get messed and get just completely destroyed. <laughs> What, okay. a, what a shit team and a shit roster. Sorry. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's my thoughts. So here's here's my case for like, I, I was talking to, or I saw somebody mentioning the other day on Twitter that the Knicks didn't have as bad of an offseason as everybody said. And I can understand the pitch of where they're coming from. He's paid, like Jalen Brunson was their big flashy offseason move, obviously. He's paid, uh, the, he's paid like the 22nd best uh, point guard in the league right now, which is pretty much where he is as far as where you would probably pay him. Um, I would say that uh, Julius Randle can't be worse than last year, right? This is, but this is like a very sad pitch that this is the pitch that they have to make the top of the play in or the low playoffs. So I just, I don't, I don't see Barrett making some crazy leap. There's 15 left-handed players on the same team. They're all just going to bump into each other at this point. Um, I, I have genuine concerns if I was, Tom Thibodeau that I don't make it to the end of the year. I think he's on that kind of hot seat. And I know that he's friends with Leon Rose and, and obviously that whole ownership group really likes Tibbs, but I, if he ends up not playing Quentin Grimes over Evan Fournier for the majority of the games this year, I think that team is going to be a horrible team to watch and they're not going to be very good. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people yelling from the rooftops more than usual for Thibodeau to get fired, but that's just me. Yeah, player development's a big part of that team. Yeah. Um, and Tibbs is not a player development guy. That's Mm-mm. the first thing. Um, and to Ryan White's point, I was just about to make this point. Um, they are set from a roster construction point of view. If you look at, like, what what they want to do, they are set to make a move. You know, you could deal Fournier and Randall in a deal that would make some sense. Um you know, just, just to, who, who, who's the there. biggest name? Who's the biggest name? That that was Ryan's question from earlier. Who's the biggest name that could get dealt? I don't and know. I guess maybe, so maybe this the, come, makes sense here. That maybe they get dealt to the Knicks. Also, historically, who's the biggest name that's been traded there, or that has walked there in free agency? Amari. I understand. Like, yeah, Amari. I guess. Like, I guess. Which is Carmelo. which is good. And this is exactly where I've come from every time because this is something that comes up all the time is why don't they just trade for the next disgruntled star? You know who was the last disgruntled star that they tried to trade for but wouldn't sack up enough assets for? Donovan Mitchell. That was like 20 minutes ago. And they wouldn't do it then, basically. So if they're gonna if they're gonna actually do it, it's time to actually do it. Fun fun fact. Do you know who was heading up their trade negotiations on that deal? Yeah, it was uh, Gerson Rosas from the Timberwolves, which is crazy. Because advisors aren't supposed to be the people that are doing trade deals, but that is how the Knicks work, especially guys who were fired from their jobs. Less than why a year was he ago. and why was he fired? 
Yeah, right? Exactly. This is my point. So um, I don't trust the Knicks to go anywhere. And although Mitchell doesn't change anything if he joined the Knicks, if the Knicks actually wanted to compete, then they would trade for the guy who's the best. Andrew's that they taking can get, everyone to right? the cleaners this offseason. If there's one yeah. thing Danny does better than anyone, it's taking you to the cleaners. Everyone knows that Danny Ainge loves to win a deal. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, if Danny Ainge is calling you, hang up the fucking phone. Um, <laughs> because he's trying to fleece you. Um, as far as the Knicks, so you look, they, they are set with... So here are the, the specifics on the 48 contract. So mm-hmm. he's owed $36 million for the next two years. The last year is non-guaranteed. It's a club option mm-hmm. um, at $19 million. So you can deal him. Mitchell Robinson uh, just signed a deal recently. You know, he's owed basically somewhere around like $80 million. But outside of him, you could deal Randall. Um, Randall does have a player option on that last year at about $30 million. Um, but he's owed basically somewhere around seventy-five to $80 million as well. So you could construct a deal with Fournier and Randall that would make some sense. Um, you could throw in Hartenstein. Cam Reddish has been fucking god-awful. Look, they, they need to play top-in quickly Grimes in order to see if the young guys that they have are going to make sense. Otherwise, what are you doing as the next team? Are you going to sign those guys to second contracts? Otherwise, you're just wasting assets. Like, they need to figure out what they want. Mm-hmm. And if what they want is is dealing midseason to – try to get it get into the lottery i fully support that i understand that but mm-hmm. if you're just going to be six to eight and hoping that you're going to get some playoff revenue um the other key with the knicks and caleb i'm, I'm sure you're aware of this they're looking to sell yeah like uh, it's it's been real clear um that ownership although they've denied it publicly um they're very much looking to sell that team they're going to spin them off and given where the market is after uh, the Sarver deal, the Knicks could fetch five, six billion dollars. So, like, and they and they would probably keep the rights to the stadium, depending mm-hmm. on how it works out. So, like, I don't know. I, I just think their ownership's a mess. The roster construction's pretty mediocre, and you have a leadership staff that doesn't know what they want. That's not a great recipe for success in the NBA. No. And so just going back, just going through the comments here, the mentions of Mitchell not moving the needle for them. The problem is, although it's true that Mitchell doesn't move the needle for them, they instead chose to go for Brunson, who also doesn't move the needle for them, but still keeps them in that eight to 12 range that makes them not a good enough team to make the playoffs and not a bad enough team to end up with a really good draft pick, which is exactly where the Knicks always are. And that is the issue with the Knicks. It's not that they didn't get Donovan Mitchell or they did get Jalen Brunson. It's that there's never been a direction and it's futile for us to expect them to have a direction because I mean, when was the last time the Knicks had a direction, right? It was what Ewing probably would be the last time I can think of it. I guess the mellow aspect, but they never went all in for that either. I I would argue the last year that mellow went to the playoffs. They, they, they They had a direction and that was about a decade ago. So 2010. Um, you know, that, that, was actually, that, that was actually a fun, that, that was, was a fun really team. fun playoffs between the Celtics and, and Knicks. Yeah. Um, Melo got kicked out of, uh, I think it was game three for, uh, I'm trying to remember who, who, he, who he ended up getting a tee on. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Point is <laughs> that the Knicks are trash, their organization's mm-hmm. garbage, mm-hmm. and their ownership can fuck off. A- end of story. Is that good? Is that a good but take? We lo- but we shit. love Ryan. But we love Ryan. Even though, yes, even love- though. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, we love you, yes. but, uh, but no. 
Your team's trash. <laughs> I, I think what it is at the end of the day is that this is a group in this podcast right now chatting that all value, stability, and an intellectual front office that chooses a direction and doesn't have infighting constantly and doesn't hire Gerson Rosas as an analyst to then do their trade deals, basically. Like, that doesn't sound like a crazy thing. Um, yeah, I get that. I hope they win 42 just for you, Ryan, yeah. because you got to hit that bet. I hope you didn't put too much money on it. Um, Is that what we... their over-under was? It can't be, right? It's got to be. No, I thought it was 38 I've got over-unders right in front of me. They, 38 they and a half. 38 and a half, yeah. Can we go back to the Raptors for a moment? Just as the yeah, Raptors sure. homer of the pod. Yeah, um, go for it. So I have them fifth. I agree. I think they're a really awesome pick in the East. I temper my expectations now as a fan, mostly because every NBA insider has them as their, their East sexy pick this year. Kind of like how the West, everybody's like, oh, the Nuggets are pretty cool this year. Um, I I have here one of the hot take storylines for, for the North, at least this year. Gary Trent Jr.'s incoming contract. How does that compare to the Tyler Hero, Anthony Simons, Jordan Poole contract? Because they're all within a year of age of each other. They all made 120, 130, 140 million. Um, where does Gary Trent Jr.'s extension inevitably come in at? Because they, the Raptors eventually are going to have to extend Trent. They're going to have to extend Siakam or Van Vliet. And they're going to have to decide on a direction here because the team's going to get expensive. Yeah. So. Quick By the way, we got we have a Warriors related watch bomb four minutes ago. They um they agreed to a four year 109 million extension with Andrew Wiggins. Whoa. Wow. So, so he, they got both of them. So he's yeah. now tied to the Warriors for five years, 143 million. What does that mean for Draymond? He's done. <laughs> so he's going to the Hornets. <laughs> I mean I mean I mean so so that's that's interesting. Uh cool. That is interesting. Wow. Um, Who would you guys have kept if you had to choose one? Because you're in the inevitability that you were choosing Draymond basically uh, to stay. Would you have chose Pool or Wiggins to stay? Just quick, Pool. Well, if you only could choose one, you got to choose one. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you don't choose one, Wiggins. But like, yeah, you got to go the All Star. You? you would deal. You you would deal Pool for yeah. something at that point. Um, yeah. Even though Pool is younger. It, it, if you did that, the idea would be we're going. We have our young guys. We want to deal pool for for picks mm -hmm. or uh, some big man depth, like wh however you would structure that. Yeah. That said, I want to see the full numbers on that. I'd love to like one. Well, so one What's of the, the things guaranteed that, money. Yeah. So one of the things I was about to note on the hero deal. Um, is so Hero's deal was four for one thirty. I'm gonna get nerdy for a second. I apologize. Yes, please do. Um, but it's really four for one twenty because ten million of that is bullshit guarantees. Mm -hmm. His guarantees are like if you win MVP, you get two and a half million. If you get defensive play, Tyler Hero does not play fucking defense. He mm -hmm. ain't winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll like I know that Pool is being reported at four for one forty. We'll see. I think it's probably posted a four for one twenty five with fifteen million in soft guarantees, probably, maybe one thirty. Well, like I, we'll see. Um, as far as Wiggins goes, that is the number makes sense four for one hundred five, mm -hmm. uh, because the thirty million was already guaranteed this year anyway. Um, that's light to me. Like he took a discount, in my opinion. 
I think he did. I think he saw the writing on the wall, though, that he can either get one contract that's four years, $30 million a year with another rat team again and go back down the same wormhole he was in before where he has to take uncon- where he has to take horrible twos a hundred times basically a game just to be able to stay on the floor with the hornets or something or he could get this contract with the warriors get to contend still get to play with some of the most elite off the ball players and he gets to guard the best guy every night for a championship contender for 10 million dollars a year less he has secured the bag already minnesota helped him helped him get to financially where he is now. I think I think it's obviously the smart decision, like basketball-wise, to stay with the best team in the league. Um, and yeah, he probably gave up some money to do it, but we know that there's some guys that are willing to give up some money to stay on a team that's elite, right? So mm-hmm. here's, here's a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not surprising, Woj makes, breaks both stories today with both... Uh, Pool and Wiggins, mm-hmm. both are rep by CA. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is not surprising that CA client Woj ends up breaking those deals. Just, just gonna throw that out there. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know the the Woj stuff, go. Uh, go there, there, there's there's enough stories out there uh, from Ethan Sherwood Strauss on Woj's media dealings and and how he breaks it. Just, just just go check that out on his Substack. Feel free to subscribe over there. Um, the Wiggins deal, I think, is compelling. I think you're right, ultimately, Caleb, in that he took less money for a much better situation. He probably mm-hmm. lost 15, 20 million, I would guess. I'm surprised he didn't wait until the offseason because the CBA is going to be signed shortly. And we the TV contracts are coming up in 23. So I'm a little like, and obviously the TV money, the wouldn't even kick in for another year anyway, but there may be some quirks in the new CBA that uh, maybe the Warriors are a bit more privy to that, that made them want to make these deals now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. Uh, I, I do know that Joe Lacob has been very, very public in saying he doesn't want to do 400 million in cap in luxury tax charges, um, which means that Draymond is certainly gone given the way the, the salary, the, the tax works under the cap, you're looking at four times all of those dollars. Mm-hmm. So do the math yearly on all of those. Right now they did, I think their tax number was 250 million last year. Yeah. They're going to crush 300 this year without thinking about it as a tax bill. So we'll see. This brings it's, up another question. A it's a ton of money. And it brings up the question of is, we know, obviously, that the CBA discussions have already begun and they've talked about future league rules. Is this this could be one of two things here, and that's that Joe Lacob knows that he's already chosen who's going to stay and who's going to go, and in that case, Draymond can book his flight ticket ahead of time to save some money. And B, the alternative is he knows that this luxury tax system is going to have some kind of fluctuation and change. And if that's the case, then he knows that he can sign Draymond at the end of next year and not be worried about losing him in the meantime. It's going to be difficult. Um, I I think they've just made a calculated decision that the tax is probably going to change. Yeah. The Warriors have been vocal about wanting it to change. And that's, that's, and that's what I'm thinking, yeah. I think they have enough that, pull. That, that said, I, I think... I think they've 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 made their bed with Dre, mm-hmm. 
and they're fine with him going down to LA and signing with Clutch and and LeBron and chilling. I think that, I, th- I think that's, that's throw up. <laughs> I, I, I think I, look. I, I think yeah. that's just like he's been very clear about how he feels about Braun and how he feels about LA. Um, he's probably been more positive publicly on the Lakers than other people. Hashtag new media. But like, you know, I, I just think they uh, the Warriors have decided they've they've made choices. You know, ultimately in relationships and business, we all make choices. The Warriors have made their bed with with Draymond. And now they have an out with the with the fight video out, and they're just like, "We're good. We're signing our two guys." And it's not a coincidence that they're doing it now. No. Why? Well, I mean, everything happens over the last week with with the the video, and they're like, "Okay, Draymond, that, we know you're coming back to the team last night, but like, cool. We're gonna sign our two guys. We're gonna make it public. We're gonna make this known right before the year." And it, it immediately raises media questions about whether you're going to sign Draymond. And of, of course, that's the first question. And, and it's, it's going to be an issue for the first week or two, as far as like the way people are going to portray the media. But like the, the Warriors are going to keep doing their thing. They're going to, to win, you know, 60 plus games. But they are very clearly from a media narrative point of view, putting the issue on Draymond and just being like, cool, we're, we're not we're pretty clearly not signing it and enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy what this last dance is going to be because that's what I think they're doing. Because this next podcast is going to be hilarious. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> you know they they did they chose not to resign me. You know we're gonna, we're going to keep going and uh, no, we'll see what happens in the off season. It'll be that because that's yeah. the only way you can answer that question in a way that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, yeah. otherwise, like if you're Dre, what are you going to say? You know, I'm going to play like shit this season and take yeah. my team's chances, like. I don't know, man. I just think they're done. Steve Kerr's comments were super eliminating. I don't know if you watched the presser, Tandy, but like, it was weird. He was like, has Raymond breached your trust? And he was like, no comment. Hmm. That your well, head what, I mean, what's, been... he, what's he supposed to say, though? Like, that, that video know. really. If you say anything but a no comment, you could say, like, you know, we're working through some things and we're going to have conversations. I'd rather hear that than no comment on breaching our trust. No comment is enough of a comment to me that there's something still, obviously. And I know that right. it's, it's obviously very fresh, but like one of the storylines that I have written down that I'm expecting from this year is that people forget the punch, maybe not forget the punch, but that it kind of goes by the wayside. And this story today about uh, Poole and Wiggins, obviously, helps that narrative become the case. People are going to forget about the punch and they're going to start going towards the, okay, well, where's Draymond going to go? How much is Draymond going to get? Are the Warriors going to get picks for him? Are they going to get players? Is Pat Bev going to be a warrior? Like those sorts of things Mm. that we're just going to forget about that. Yeah, I think you're right. As soon as Draymond to the Lakers starts getting more and more steam, then Mm. that's, that's going to be the story that anyone wants to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I can see so, the Clippers too. Yeah. So let's close out here. We I, we talked about a lot, most of the teams, not every team. I mean, obviously there's some of the, like the bottom dweller teams we didn't really cover, like the Thunder, the, the Spurs, the Rockets, etc. But I don't think we really. Thunder need gonna be to. fun. I, I, it sucks a check got hurt, but I I fucking love that Thunder team. They're gonna be fun until S- February. SGA right. could put up numbers. I mean, he could be a fun. Un, un, until he gets ten. Like, here's a fun fact, fun thought about SGA. Does he just say fuck it? Like. How mad is he that he just doesn't have to play the last 30 games of every year? He's done it the last three years where he's basically like, oh, I have knee tendonitis because my team keeps tanking. 
at a certain point, if you're SGA, aren't you just like, I need to put up a full season just for my own sake? I don't know. The guy, the guy know. signed a hundred million dollar deal two years ago, and now he's like aiming for that third deal. If I'm SGA, yeah, they're, they're right. like they're real questions. Anyway, sorry. No, you're probably right. He does need to put up some numbers if he wants to get paid again. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we could keep going. There's a lot of teams here, like the Bulls, Pacers, Wizards, Magic, Pistons, Blazers. I mean, I just don't think any of those teams are going to really. Uh, Do the Bulls tank? They very well could. The Magic have their pick. Oh, that's mm. right. Yeah. Forgot so about uh, talk about a valuable pick, though. Like, I have the Bulls as my ninth seed in the East right now. I just, the Lonzo, like, not even walking properly things yeah. really scares me a lot. I really worry about Vucevic. Just what has happened in the last two years has just shown how these slow-moving, flat-footed centers are really, really, really having a tough time staying afloat after 30, basically. Mm-hmm. I I have serious concerns for the Bulls. Like, DeMar DeRozan put up the best possible season he could have last year, and they were, what, like the seventh seed at the mm-hmm. end of the year? Like, yeah, and he was, like the, he was like an MVP candidate. He was like seventh in the MVP ballot. If he regresses back to a more mean area for himself i think that this bull team bulls team could have a really tough time mm. the question is if levine stays healthy that's mm. one concern for them uh you know the the case for them is levine and DeRozan have killer years uh caruso Booch, yeah like caruso plays defense at an elite level like he always does and vooch has some kind of a bounce back all-star light level year mm. i don't love their bench although i love ao um like they have they have good like above average bench talent but just not enough for you to win like let me see what their over under is real quick because i have it in front of me their over under is 41 and a half because they win 42 games Hmm. i think i have them at 40 i mean no i have them under you know it's it's just it's it's a weird team so we'll see like i their range could be a team that ends up falling into the lottery or a team that could finish Sixth, I don't know. It's, Patrick Williams is a fun so X factor. Oh, oh yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a fun X factor. They think he's going to be like a Kawhi Leonard light. Like that's how good they think this guy is. They think he's a three, not a four, two. It it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But I don't know. I don't know. I do. I agree with this take here. I think he's gonna yeah. He played really well last year too. I think that now that he's going to have Zion as well. I mean, the Pelicans are going to be one of those league pass teams that are going to be really fun to watch, especially if Zion like has his legs and it seems like he does. Um, be really exciting to watch him play again. Did you and, see the uh, Zion thing uh, yesterday mm-hmm. with the kid from the high school mixtape? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good. I saw that. That was so awesome. Good. But anyway, so so final predictions here. Um, your finals. So Caleb, your fi- your Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. You have the Clippers versus the Warriors, and you have the Bucks versus the Sixers. And your finals is the Bucks. Was that it? The Bucks and the Clippers. I have the Bucks and Clippers. Bucks winning Giannis Finals MVP. So you have all all thought out. What about you, Iceberg? I I'm not that far off. Uh, Bucks. Bucks Clippers finals, uh, Warriors and Clippers, Warriors and Clippers in the Western Conference finals, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, in the East, uh, we're gonna go Bucks Celtics in the conference finals. I, I think the Celtics end up Bucks, with three Celtics, seed. Right, you broke up yeah. a little bit. 
Yeah, Bucks Celtics. Yeah, I I think that my Eastern Conference Finals is also the Bucks and the Celtics, and I think that my Western Conference Finals, I think I I might go with the Darlings, the Nuggets, the Nuggets and the Warriors, and um, the Nuggets make it out, and it's going to be the Bucks versus the Nuggets. The Bucks take it. Quick, quick. All right, quick, quickly on the Bucks. We didn't yeah. really talk about them, and we're going to finish here. Well, I promise. But yeah. we got to do awards. The, what are you talking about? Uh, we we didn't even get, <laughs> to get to awards. Uh, look, here's here's a quick con- question, consideration, thought mm-hmm. on the Bucks. What happens if, let's say, Middleton gets hurt again? Well, then they you have real the concerns about. Uh, <laughs> look, look, I'm I'm throwing out the negative case for the Bucks for a second. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez's age is a real consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're still missing a PJ Tucker type of guy, mm-hmm. basically, in my opinion. Um, and I didn't love the offseason signings. Ingles could be good in play in replacing Grayson Allen, but like who knows coming off an ACL tear at like 36, 37. He looked bad before it too. Um, yeah, he, he did not look good. Um they, basically our pick of the Bucks is just saying Giannis is an unstoppable force. Yes, exactly. But, you know, I could see a scenario where it just may not be enough. Like me too. I mean, sure. Middleton gets injured again. I then the, the you know my prediction is completely and and and, wrong. The, and the other consideration is Drew is a year older. I think Drew was mm-hmm. good, not great last year. Yeah. Um, and I think he slipped ever so slightly defensively. He's still very very good, but he's not like all NBA first team defense or even second team necessarily to me. Um, okay. So you know. We'll we'll see on the Bucks. I have them winning the title, so it is what it is. <laughs> but I, I but I'm just going to present the other side of the case with the Bucks, which is like, you know, if Brook Lopez gets hurt and Middleton's not great, like as far as his ability to stay healthy, like there, there's some concerns there for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Get the right out there. That's fair. Well, um, yeah, it's true. We could now talk about Coach of the Year and MVP and Sixth Man, and I mean, we did talk about MVP a bit. At least well, we did talk about MVP, so I think that's fair. Um, but Coach I, of the I Year, think... Doc Rivers, now playing. We can rapid fire it. I have them all written down. All right. Well, since you have them written down, Caleb, go ahead. What, what, give me your awards. All right. So MVP, I got Embiid okay. with a hot a hot take for that one. Could be Booker at plus three thousand right now. Ooh, that's it's a, a nice if, one. If the Suns turn out good and Chris Paul's old, we'll see. Uh, rookie of the year, I have Ben Matherin winning at plus five fifty. Wow, I, yeah, I, I like the Matherin pick, but that's bold over, over Banchero. He is so good. I just think Banchero with the front court, they have Franz and they have Wendell Carter and they have Mobamba and Jonathan Isaac. Eventually, will play basketball again. In theory, if, if if he's not too busy fucking going on Fox News every other weekend, got to write another book. Yeah, got to right? write another book. Got to make that money if you're not going to make NBA money. Keep going, Caleb. My hot take rookie of the year, Jaden Hardy at plus forty five hundred. Uh, he's going to get real minutes for the Mavericks, who could be a playoff team. Defense player of the year, Adebayo. And then my hot take being Mobley at plus 1,600. Young, but he's the best player on a playoff team, and he's going to play great defense. Most improved, I have Halliburton. Um, I think he's going to average 20 and 10 this year on a really, really horrifically bad Pacer team. Um but I think the people also shouldn't sleep on Colin Sexton here. After missing an entire year, he's going to get an insane amount of minutes. Uh, for that crappy Utah team, and he's going to have efficient 24 points this year, probably. Six man of the year, Poole, uh, and Powell was my other pick, my kind of 
hot take one there if he ends up being the sixth man off the bench for them. Coach of the year, Mike Malone, I have actually with the Nuggets getting all their guys back. And I, I had the Nuggets th- third in the West. So if that happens, I think Mike Malone might, might win coach of the year. And Willie Green was my flyer for coach of the year there. And the scoring title, I had Embiid winning the scoring title and Morant as my second option. I, I think Morant won the scoring title. I think uh, yeah, I think it's close. I, 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 could, I could definitely see that, especially given Jaron Jackson Jr. being hurt. Uh, so, uh, MVP, Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think Bam wins Depoy. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, coach of the year, Ty Lue. I think I like Ty Lue ends up getting, getting coach of the year because let's say the Clippers get the one seed. Um, and given that, that their guys are going to be healthy, there's going to be a narrative want to put someone like Ty Lue either first or second. Um, as far as sixth man of the year, uh, I'm going to go uh, a little off the board and go Christian Wood. Um, and the reason for the, the Wood thing is he's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to play in crunch time. Um, the, the other take, this is a bit more homerish, but I think Malcolm Brogdon's probably going to get a ton of minutes and is going to play phenomenal for the Celtics. Um, if you want to go off the board on sixth man of the year, uh, think of it this way. Montrez Harrell, he's going to get a yeah. ton of minutes for the Sixers. The mm-hmm. Sixers are going to be awesome, and uh, he's probably going to be their sixth, seventh guy. Um, as far as most improved uh, player odds, so you took Halliburton, which I get. That's fair, Caleb. You know he is a favorite at plus eight hundred. Is he right Only now? Under- okay. He is, uh, according to uh, FanDuel, I believe. Um, okay, he's a plus eight fifty. Um, now the interesting thing about most improved is it can go one of two ways. It's like a, a guy who makes a leap from like 18 points a game to, or like 16 to like 20, as you know, mm-hmm. one guy that I think is, is far more likely is going to be Tyrese Maxey plus 2000. He is going to play a ton for the Sixers and is probably going to average 20 to 25 this year. Like he's, he, he, I think he'll be top 10 in scoring this year. I think that's a real possibility for Tyrese Maxey, um, given the minutes. Um, and then, uh, what am I, sorry, coach of the year, MVP, Depoy, most improved. Am I missing any? Rookie of the year. Oh, uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, Paula. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty standard. Like, that's uh, they, there's, I, I just think he's, he's going to get a ton of minutes. Um, they're going to play through him and they, they've made that really clear that they want to play through him. Um, by the way, Stan, I, I could see him being easily an all-star potentially like in the East, uh, depending on what happens. I know the East has like a ton of guards, but if the Sixers are the one seed by the all-star break, Maxi will definitely get consideration either through the coaches or potentially even through voting. Or I don't think we'll get it through voting. Um, yeah, that, that, that's that's pretty much it. So I, I think we've run through all, all of the the major awards. Although on Rookie of the Year, I, I do like the the Mathurin one. Um, let me just grab one more. Just 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 throw one out here real quick. Um, sorry, let me pull my Vegas odds. Uh, here we go. So the other odd that I would take a look at, Shaden Sharp. Mm-hmm. He is gonna play quite a bit i know he's the mystery man in terms of the way the draft worked out this year and people have a lot of questions considerations on Shaden. but uh if he lives up to that potential man 
I know he didn't play a ton last year, uh, but Shaden Sharp's going to be fucking good in the NBA. I don't know if he wins rookie of the year, but at plus 2,000, that's not bad. Yes, not horrible odds at all. Not horrible odds. And that, and that's kind of why I went with Hardy, to be honest, too, because uh, we know historically that guards, when they win rookie of the year, usually it's not on passing prowess, it's on scoring prowess, especially in the paint, a la you know, the John Morant take, basically. Um, Hardy, for example, at 4,500, is going to play minutes for the Mavericks, I think. And so is Shaden Sharp. The thing with Shaden Sharp, I guess, question mark-wise, would be, is he the fourth guard? For the Blazers? Yeah. Because there's Josh I, Hart, Anthony Simons, and Dame. I think Hart gets traded by midseason. I think they should. Like, but... like I, I love Josh Hart, but, like, he just doesn't fit with the profile of what they're trying to build there. I know they're trying to win now, but, like, we didn't even touch on the Blazers, but that team is a <laughs> mess roster-wise. Anyway, sorry, Teddy. I know you're trying to get out. No, it's good. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate it. You guys clearly have a lot of knowledge um, in terms of these rookies, in terms of what you guys think is going to happen over this season. So I look forward to seeing what other content you guys put out there. Um, yeah, like Caleb, I didn't know you were doing this draft analysis. I, I definitely look forward to seeing you talk about the rookies and about next year's rookies, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, we didn't even talk about stuff like that, about Wembenyama and um, this can be that's gonna be interesting to talk over the season and how that affects all the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even shill so rare. Uh, so we'll talk. I'll talk about so rare over the next week. And if you haven't signed up, I'm sure we all have referral codes, but I'll put that in the. I chat have no right. comment on so rare right now. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll put nothing, that... not a lick. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that over time because that 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 for, that's interesting for other reasons. Obviously, that's not interesting in terms of what's happening in the NBA, but it's interesting in terms of us as basketball nft digital folks here um they're a different product ultimately uh, the, i agree the, the, the one, they the, are the, the one the one thing before we close out the one thing i want to say about so rare just as, yeah. as a broad-based product to, to to pimp tandy's uh adoption here uh, in, yeah. in terms of uh generating new users um so rare is gonna be awesome like i don't know if you guys have used the product i think their interface is good it's not great personally um it's not like opening up a pack isn't as clean as it is on top shot um, but it's also completely different it's a it, completely it's, like it's a completely different product and it, and it works completely differently in terms of acquiring new cards um, well, what's, what's and, cool and i think cards what's what? cool i think about so rare and the reason why i feel so different from nba top shot is that it's it's very clearly knows what it is it's a fantasy game it has different tiers, so depending on how much money you want to like play with, you can do the free or nearly free version. Or if you want a chance to play with the big boys, you can go a few levels at a time. So it's basically like weekly fantasy, and depending how much money you want to play with, or if you want to play for free, you can do that. And it's it doesn't feel like a collectible whatsoever, honestly. It no. just feels like fantasy basketball, weekly fantasy with this fun aspect of the packs are only with the free stuff where you get to rip the packs and get your free players. Otherwise you actually have to go and buy and sell via other um, managers or, win. or, or auctions, or like you're saying, win in the challenges or their, uh, the competitions, I believe they're called. If, if, if you, if you win some of their fantasy tournaments, you get access to winning higher level cards. Correct. Um, so it, it's, it's a little bit of a different platform that way. It is more pay to earn um then it's it's close to the, like DraftKings rainmakers um mm-hmm. as a fantasy product um for those kind of in the rainmaker streets 
than it is NBA Top Shot. The, oh, some yeah. of the cool stuff, um, you know, that, that they've done in other capacities, like in soccer and in Major League Baseball, they have done a lot of in real life utility, which I think is yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. So we'll see if that comes to NBA. I'm sure it will. I mean, the, the, the thing with the, that's also interesting to, to keep track of is the soccer product did incredibly well. Um, just They're doing to, like mean, 40 million. Yeah, it's, do, it's done incredibly well. It also like found its peak around top shot times as well. Um, but because it was, it had a, it had such a very laser focused idea of what they were. Um, it's continuing to do well. I mean, I think there are some gripes and I'd actually like, I would like to better understand what those gripes are. Obviously we're just I, like, I have an understanding, it. but the, this, that is not for this podcast, but the yes, yeah, it's for, it's for the, the next week and weeks ahead. And we start to talk yeah, about we, it a little we, bit. We, we, we can talk about that. Um, but, but we saw like the soccer has done really well. The MLB has not done as well. So it'll be interesting to see how NBA fits in. So I'm very curious to see how that works. And uh, if you decide to sign up with my code there or that link there, then it gets you a free card after you build your first lineup. It gives me a little kickback, supports the stream. Um, But yeah, you're going to see like every creator practically with one of these links. So if you choose to mine, great. Um, But anyhow, I I think that's about it. Like uh, I feel like we covered a whole heck of a lot here tonight. I, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's almost two hours of a show here. So if you're still here, wow, thank you. That that means a lot. Um, any any closing comments? Go, why don't you go and pimp yourself, Mike? I know you want to. God, you're just gonna let me pimp myself? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was I was going I was going to. I, I know. Put me back. Put me back full screen, baby. Put me back full All screen. Right. All right, go ahead. Uh, we got the merch store. I'll put that in the chat. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the, the YouTube stream. Um, I'll put that in the chat real quick. Um, real quick, anytime. Here we go. Um, I'll, I'll put the uh, the merch store here in the chat. If you'd like to pick up um, some merch to support some of your favorite creators, feel free. Would love it. Um, it certainly helps us uh, basically to buy additional moments for giveaways. We don't make a ton of money on the merch as it is, um, but we would love it if you if you bought something. Additionally, um, I can say as I'm starting to roll this out this weekend. Uh, we are going to do more long-form podcasts. We're basically going to leave Twitch and do long-form YouTube content um, with a variety of different creators. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. Um, yeah, Tandy's here, Jared. You know, he just went full screen for me for a second. <laughs> Let me pimp my shit. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, we do have a lot of content with Watch Playback coming up. Uh, myself and Dream are going to be doing a lot with Boards to Buckets on Watch Playback, which if you guys haven't, been over there, watch playback is fucking awesome. Highly recommend you join us because we're gonna have a lot of amazing guests. Uh, I can say top shot captains are, are certainly something that we're we're definitely gonna be involved with. Uh, and we're gonna be doing a decent amount of top shot content as on there as well. So we'll see. Cool. And Caleb, how about you? you? By the way, you know there's actually this cool thing I can do where I do this and then I can put one of you guys here and we can still oh, look be at in you. the corner. Look at that. So there you awesome. go. Well, uh, obviously, throughout the year, we're going to be posting some uh, NCAA and uh, minor basketball big boards, obviously, throughout the year. And you're going to see some mock drafts come out. Um, You can check out the lowest ask for some of our older content. We're currently pivoting what we're doing with the lowest ask to try to have it as more of a community centric, uh, long form written and video podcast sort of strategy, but it's still kind of being worked out at the moment. So you can find older stuff there, talking about NBA Top Shot, NFL All Day from back in the day if you want to check it on archive. But uh, yeah, just follow me at Caleb on the Block on Twitter. I'll be posting a whole bunch of 
um, minor hoop stuff, NBA stuff, obviously. And uh, I'm super excited to talk, you know, NFL all day, NBA top shot. I'll probably be on so rare as well. And I do, uh, I'm a bit of a degenerate. So I do spend a little bit of money gambling sometimes. So I might uh, be angry on Twitter about that at some point. So check me out there. Well, uh, Caleb, like hold that thought. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's a there's a chance I might have a sports betting sponsor for a couple of my streams. So, oh, is that I've right? Heard about this. Never I've, heard I've, about I've, this. I've, I've, I've heard this. Dude, I, I told I told Weisberg in the DMs, but like, um, it, it's still being it's still being worked out. But like, who knows? Maybe if you want to be a DGen, you could just come on for the for the DGen period and give us your DGen pick. So we'll we'll see we'll see. I'll have to, I'll have to pop in sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, DGens or not, uh, appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate all my DGens in the chat. And uh, yeah, well, we will talk with you next week. Maybe it'll be on Sunday again. I'm not quite sure yet. We'll see. <laughs> some people don't like Saturday. Some people don't like Sunday. I mean, maybe people just upset no matter what you do. But uh, we will, we will talk. And well, look forward to Monday's roadmap and look forward to the beginning of the NBA season. So. Until the next time, for Caleb, for Mike, this has been Tandy Time, and thank you for joining me. Take care. Static Selector.